This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 206-inch. On this episode, we continue with part four of our epic interview with Dan Butts, production designer for Weird the Al Yankovic Story. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fun episode of Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. We have missed you. And speaking of missing you, Dave, I ain't seen you around Burger World lately. So where you been, huh? Oh, you know, around. So, what's new, I say, motioning to that pretty stinking majestic Weird Al-related item that you just got last week? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a copy of my favorite CD, Off the Deep End, still sealed with the original hype sticker on it. No, the other Weird Al-related item. Wait, are you talking about Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity, the super awesome pinball game from Multimorphic that is full of interactive and hilarious references that span the entirety of Weird Al's illustrious career? Yes! Oh, wait, no, can we actually go back to that Off the Deep End CD for a minute? You know what, never mind. Since you brought it up, you might as well tell me about the pinball thing. Oh my gosh, it is so, so amazing. Now, I've been playing this thing pretty much nonstop since I've got it. All right, so basically... It takes place in a museum full of these odd exhibits and items. They're all based off of Weird Al's catalog of parodies and originals. And Weird Al, he is acting as the museum's curator, and he guides you through the entire museum. Now, the main objective is to visit each of the 10 exhibit halls, a.k.a. song modes. And once you complete all 10 songs, you reach the Running With Scissors finale. The Running With Scissors finale?! What's that? I have no idea. I'm not that good yet. But there are a lot of fun side quests too, such as collecting meal tickets and building the tallest My Bologna sandwich, visiting the hardware store, collecting Hawaiian shirts, and a few multi-ball games that involve Harvey's hamster wheel and the UHF camera, as well as a supplies closet and a ton of other fun things. Overall, it features 17 Weird Al songs and over 2,000 custom callouts from Weird Al himself. 2,000 custom callouts? I wonder where Al would have got that number. Anyway, did you get one of the 227 limited edition packages? Now, come on, Ethan. What do you think? Of course I did! But, unfortunately, I did have to remove the Weird Al topper as my ceilings aren't quite tall enough for it. Oh, don't worry, Dave. You can put that topper right on top of my head. My ceilings will fit it. Yeah, well, about that. Uh, Sorry, it's time for What's Happening in Weird Al-Related News. Now, it's our understanding that Weird the Al Yankovic story is now available to watch digitally in... South Korea! We are very excited that Weird Al and comedy fans alike in that part of the world finally have the opportunity to watch the greatest film ever made. And if you haven't seen the South Korean movie poster for Weird the Al Yankovic Story, it's nothing short of pretty stinking majestic. Yes, you definitely have to check out this poster. It is amazing. Now I just need to learn to read Korean. 
Last episode, we let you know about the bodacious Weird Al fan art display at the Washington State Fair in Puyallup, Washington. While you may have missed your chance to see it in person, we are excited to share that our friends who curated the display, Kenneth Gwinnip and Javier Valdez, won the People's Choice Ribbon. We honestly can't imagine the good people of Washington State choosing anything but their Weird Al display, but just the same, we are thrilled and excited for them. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, congratulations, Kenneth and Javier. Following our last episode where we spelled out the frustrations that we and other Weird Al fans have had with Z2 Comics over their lack of communication regarding the Weird Al branded mini accordions, we decided to get a little cheeky. That's right. We created an Old West style wanted poster for our Instagram story that said, Wanted, Weird Al Mini Accordion, reward offered for any update, and we tag Z2 Comics and their CEO. Much to our surprise, Z2 Comics quickly took this wanted poster that we created to criticize and call them out, and they reposted it for all of their followers. It was quite funny, but they did end up taking it down about 15 minutes later. Luckily, our ribbing did prompt somewhat of an update from the company, which has been silent for over nine months regarding the status of the mini accordions included as a major selling point for the $300 Super Deluxe Edition of the Illustrated Al. While they have yet to provide a public update to buyers as of the recording of this podcast, they did tell us in a private message that they were working on providing an update. We let them know, thanks for the update. Talking to others who purchased the Super Deluxe Edition, the lack of communication over the delay is much more frustrating than the delays themselves. Even an email saying, there isn't an update, but we're still working on it, would go a long way. Those who are willing to pay $300 for this edition are Weird Al's biggest and most loyal fans. When there's an issue, we deserve regular updates. I hope you'll consider sending one out. To that, they agreed and shared that they are waiting on an update from the manufacturer. We will keep you up to date if we hear anything further. On the off chance that you missed it, our friend Jared Marker over at Rim Jam recently released a pretty stinking majestic video focusing on Weird Al Yankovic's dedicated and rabid fan base. The video covers everything from Weird Al conventions and fan-made films to Al's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as well as segments on tour chasing and fan get-togethers. The video also shows off Jared's impressive Hawaiian shirt collection and includes a look into other fans' Weird Al collections, including many items from our very own Dave Elvis Rossi's personal collection. There's also a really fun segment on podcasts. And of course, Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast gets a great shout out. Jared did an excellent job summing up what it's like to be a Weird Al fan. And the video is a must watch for each and every one of you. You can check it out on the Rim Jam YouTube page, as well as our official Facebook group over at group.2000inch.com. Also be sure to follow Jared on Instagram via at Weird Al Prince, P-R-I-N-T-S, to see some of his glorious Weird Al-related Hawaiian shirts and my names for some of them. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito, home of the two-pound double-wrapped quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. 
Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. And now it's time for what's happening in other podcasts that are not Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast related news. This week, Weird Al was a guest on the September 25th episode of the podcast Hawk vs. Wolf. The podcast is hosted by legendary Smells Like Nirvana background actor Tony Hawk, as well as radio host Jason Ellis. And for nearly an hour, they chat with none other than Weird Al himself. Amazingly, Tony brings up the Flight of the Concord show in Los Angeles that Dan Butts told us all about. And because Tony was in the actual audience rehashes essentially the same story we heard. Wow, who would have thought Tony Hawk had such impeccable taste in music? I know, right? Well, on behalf of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, we'd like to share the following message in advance of our interview with Weird Al Yankovic Story production designer Dan Butts amid the current Hollywood strikes. We have not been contacted by Roku or by anyone requesting promotion of the film Weird Al Yankovic Story of any kind. We want to state that while we are discussing the film Weird the Al Yankovic Story, we are in no way promoting the film nor showing support for film studios that do not support the writers and actors currently on strike. The intention of this podcast is to create an entertaining archive of information about Weird Al and his career, life, and supporters for both entertainment and informational purposes. Dave and Ethan's 2000's Weird Al podcast supports the WGA and SAG and all creatives in the film industry and beyond. We can't believe how amazing this interview with Dan Butts has been, and we cannot believe he stayed on the phone with us for so long. Let's get right back into it with part four of our interview with Dan Butts already in progress. I think we're ready to move on to the grotto. <laughs> the pool party. Which is... <laughs> oh, yeah. The pool party, yeah. That was a pretty chill day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that that was like a really cold day. It was like one of the coldest days uh, ever or something to that effect. I, I meant more. It's just like it was so crazy. Like, <laughs> of, oh, I know. I, I know what you meant, but I also happen, heard like, I also um, heard the temperature was also yeah, chill as well. That's true. Well, what can you tell us about the scene? I mean, there, there's so many things to talk about, but I guess, you know, what was the location? Was that part of your campus that you filmed on? No, it was not. It was actually, it was a location that was found. It's a location I actually shot at before, um, which I loved. Like I was like, this place would be great. And then um, I had forgotten about it. And thankfully Dan Milner our location guy was like, what about this place? I was like, Oh my God, I know that place. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so we used it, uh, you know, for two sets for the, pool party and then for dr demento's office oh cool um yeah um because it had all that great like mid-century like rock work and stuff in there but um the pool uh the pool area was we didn't have to do a whole ton there um but it was it's such a great and memorable scene it really is more about like i mean i was so impressed with um wardrobe and hair and makeup like what they pulled off with like all those different people in one scene making mm. them look like everybody was <laughs> so great um for us I, the weird thing that popped up was like i think it was the night before maybe even been the morning of for some reason i think it was al got super specific and was like um these actors need to have these instruments and they were all like 
crazy random <laughs> things like right. this type of this type of kazoo, this type of blah blah blah. We're like, <laughs> holy crap! Okay, um, and so I remember we sent out like our whole crew scattered across the city. Wow, um, to try to find these different weird instruments. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was like for Tiny Tim or. Um, yeah, it seems like each each uh, you know uh, person is playing. Yeah, something they had their bizarre. own thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but he was hyper specific about it. I think I feel like he'd given those notes to somebody earlier, and they had never gotten to us. Um, and so that was like it might have been the biggest scramble of the whole movie. Oh wow! And we're like, oh my god, <laughs> we gotta get these right now. Um, but thankfully, we did. They were all over the world. But um, wow. We figured it out because um, that was a, you know, that's a nerve wracking day for everybody because it's like, <laughs> oh, no, we don't have a couple celebrities. We have a ton of celebrities. Right. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. But it was it was so it was fun to watch and fun to be there. Um, everybody was so great. You know, it was like once again, like if one of those people like had been a jerk it would have like thrown the whole thing off and like everybody was just happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that scene is, is definitely the one that people mention the most when I hear people talking about the movie. It's just, it's such a, a colorful scene and there's so many things to look at and, you know, emo Phillips is playing a fish, you know, it's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so great. It's also one of those things where like for us, like, as people that work on it, we're like, oh, if we had had like we if we we could have done this over two days instead of like you know the f- two hours we had, or right? Whatever. Right. Um, it could have been like so amazing, like to really get into the nuances of it. They could have found like I because I know Eric, like I, he probably had secret jokes he was hoping like could have played in different levels and background <laughs> and stuff, but like you know we just had no time, yeah. so it's like you get what you get, but um. It's it's so awesome that all those people came together at that one time to be like, yeah, let's we want to be a part of this. That's the great thing about that job, too, is like because because of like Al and like the respect and love everybody has for him, like everybody wanted to be involved. Like, um, I don't know if you've heard this or if I'm allowed to tell it, but like, you know, like when he first it first got announced publicly that we're that that the movie was happening like obviously we'd known about it before but it didn't come out until um later like i was always thinking like someone i'd always wanted to work with was lynn manuel Mm. miranda yeah and i'm like i know uh i had never met him but i knew that al and he were good friends and um i was like so one of my first questions to al was like well are you gonna put him in it (laughs) <laughs> and he was like he's like well, i don't know i don't know it's i don't know if i could ask him i don't know if it's weird and like literally the first day it was announced apparently like lynn was like the first call he got or the first text he got <laughs> and it was like what can i be in the movie <laughs> and it was like okay so it's all good. I think he's I think he's good with being in the movie. Like he was nervous about asking him, I guess. And then it was hilarious right. that like the minute it was announced, he was like, What who can yeah. I be? Put me in. That's awesome. That scene where it, the film opens and Lynn is revealed as the surgeon. Yeah. Like Anytime we've seen that film screened before it actually like was officially come out, nobody really knew that he uh-huh. was in it. 
like you could not imagine what the audiences are like. They're just like, oh, you know, like everyone gasps. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. It's a perfect cameo. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I'm still annoyed that I'm still like annoyed at Al that he didn't introduce me that day. That it's okay. <laughs> it's still bitter about Bob, I guess. Um <laughs> So following the grotto, we do see a couple more magazines as we are introduced to Oprah. And I I just, I got to hear about this incredible closet where we see hundreds of Hawaiian shirts hanging up. (laughs) Uh, Well, that, yeah, that's funny because I was like, the whole time my set decorator and her team were like, what are we going to do about the closet? And I was like, you know what? It's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Because I had seen... I had been to Al's closet before. I, I, he showed it to me the first time. Not the first time when I went with Hanson to see his house, but <laughs> later at the the newer house, I I had seen it, and um, I was like, "It's okay. He's got a curbillion of them. He'll be fine. It, he he'll loan us some, I'm sure." And so we got closer and closer, and I'm like, "Okay, I guess I I need to ask him." And so I was like, "Hey, can I get some?" Um, some of the Hawaiian shirts for the closet scene. And he goes, he's like, Oh yeah. Suzanne cleaned out most of those a long time ago. Oh. Like, Wait, what? Oh, and no. he goes, no, no, I have a bunch, but like, they were kind of like what we call on in the film business, like the hero ones, like the special ones. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want the special ones. Like I, I knew he had a million of them. So it was like, or I thought he had had a million yeah. of them. So I just wanted the junky ones. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, crap. He's like, no, I can, I can get them. And I'm like, nope, nope. There's no way we're losing. We're using it. Like the shirts he really loved like, right. in the shoot. Right. And so it became like a thing where like, we again we all dispersed and like <laughs> went to like um our set decorator and our shopper we have this shopper red morton who was great she went she found some like vintage hawaiian shirt place somewhere far away and went and bought a gang of shirts oh, and then wow. all of us that had hawaiian shirts brought them in <laughs> um so it's like my whole art crew anyone that had a hawaiian shirt I grew up in Laguna Beach, so I had a couple. Yeah. Um, we all brought that stuff in. And then um, <laughs> the same with, like, Vans, shoes, and stuff. Um, and yet then we just populated as much as we can. That was another set I wish. I wish we had more time to, like, work on that one. Because um, that was a f- that was such a fun scene. Yeah. And, and um, she was so great as Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, Quinto was great. Yeah. And this is also where we see Al's, the medallions, the platinum singles. <laughs> Did you guys work on those too? The, yeah. JM, our prop master, he he built those, which were amazing. <laughs> They're so uh, great. I think, he gave, I think he gave Al or Daniel the one with the, uh, the bullet. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Well, not too long after that scene is the LSD trip scene. I know a lot of that is CGI, and, and you already talked about the yeah. face melting. Is there anything else in that scene that we should know about? I'm trying to think. The tub where he's in for that 
for well, where so, it uh, yeah, I was gonna ask, before before we get to the LSD trip, uh, you gotta tell us about this tub because uh, that's like an impressive tub. Oh where yeah, did you find that? That was unbelievably in that location. Wow, really? And it was funny because when we first scouted it, we were like looking downstairs, and I was like, "This is pretty great." And then we went upstairs, and I looked at the tub, and I looked at everybody. I was like, "I." I think I think we're home, everybody. Like I, I think I think we found it because it was like we're not going to get better than right. this. Um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty amazing find. But yeah, that was part of our uh, our location. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think of other crazy stuff with that scene though. Well, just before that, when Al is on the phone with his mom and uh, she's like standing in the kitchen, there's like a a fish on the wall. <laughs> Okay, a metal fish yeah. was that yep. in that house or or you know is the no 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 we brought that okay that's like an old they had like these old crazy like jello molds back in the 50s and 60s okay and um that's what that was okay. we just figured it was like it was like an old timey thing she might have in our kitchen and of course a reference um, to the wheel of fish i assume oh, obviously <laughs> <laughs> duh <laughs> I mean, and and looking at the uh, the Yankovic household for a second, it, were the the stuff like the wallpaper was that all part of the set when you showed up? No, no, no. We we brought that. Like, oh, really? Yeah, we reprinted. Yeah, we printed out. Um, we found some vintage wallpapers, and then we um cleaned them up digitally, and then had them printed on like a we print on this like kind of it's like a removable wallpaper where. We put it up as a vinyl, but you're able to peel it off after the shoot oh. because, yeah, we weren't we weren't able to like actually wallpaper those walls, but we did it in vinyl so we could take it off afterwards. So, oh wow, nice. Are there Easter eggs added to something like that when you're scanning and <laughs> printing wallpaper? Not in those. If we'd had more time, we probably would have done done that. But yeah. <laughs> No, it was hard enough just to find like cool vintage wallpapers that I like I like the design of that kind of worked with it. So we kind of did the house like as if like um, it was decorated in a time when the husband and wife were happy and without child, and uh, <laughs> and, they, and they set it up, and then they were so bummed when they finally had a kid that uh, they kind of let it go. To shit, so. <laughs> Uh, that was kind of the underlining th- like theme of it, like because they they do mention a few times like we never really wanted to have a kid. Right. <laughs> now during the LSD trip, uh, we have a little callback maybe to perform this way where uh, Daniel's popping out of uh, an egg. Oh yeah. Did you have a, as much trouble finding or creating this egg as you did back and uh, perform this way. Uh, it was probably as expensive, but um, yeah, our special <laughs> effects department. Yeah, they built they built an egg, a breakaway egg for that, which was a yeah, a pretty big deal. And whose bed is it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Daniel took that and said it's his little reading nook. No. Uh, I gave it's funny, uh, that that day we shot that I gave Daniel it might have been our last day. No what no, it wasn't our last day, but it might have been Daniel's last day. Um I gave him a print of him as a cherub. Um, and, uh, 
it was so it was so cute he was like no he's like give it to me as if it's like a giant check and i've just won a sweepstakes <laughs> i'm like okay so like we shot it like a bunch of different ways even though it was just like a gift i gave to him um but uh it was funny because later he wrote like i have there's nowhere i can really put this in my place <laughs> like it's too weird to have a picture of me as a flying cherub so <laughs> barely appreciated the gift but it's in a closet somewhere Aww. in his apartment yeah i think it's perfect for his new child's room <laughs> i was just gonna Nursery. say his, his baby will appreciate it one day <laughs> I don't know if this falls to your team, but the bath bubbles, is that real bubbles? Is that cotton? Uh, they're real bubbles. Yeah. yeah. The special effects people uh, That's cool. would do that. It's kind of tortured to be in a bath for a long time too. I felt for, uh, I'm sure. Or, uh, oh, our yeah. fine actor that had to yeah. sit there for a while. Well, so next up we finally get to the mansion. I know we've, we've sort of already gone through a lot of the stuff in the mansion, um, is there anything else uh, that we should talk about? I know we talked about the bust. We talked about the two paintings, the mirror. Um, I don't think so. We talked about like doing the eighties nail salon in the right. garage. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like the furniture and the plants and the decorations were those there? Or did you guys bring all that in? No, we we brought a lot of that in. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Um. But the pillars and all the gold crazy stuff was there. Yeah. I really wanted to do uh like a custom mural in that in the <laughs> in the place. Um of like I don't know. We talked about like maybe like a Venus de Milo thing, but with <laughs> Al. Um, there, was this, there was like this place that kind of naturally lent itself to that um and so it was too it was too tricky to do practically because like they had an actual mural there and it was like if i put my mural over it there was there was the fear that when we peeled ours off it may hurt the actual mural that was there so then eric and i were like well it's fine i'll just i'll design the mural and then we'll just do it in post and then it was one of the things that got lost, unfortunately, when uh, later on when they were doing the post budget, they're like, oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So it was a bummer. Was it designed already, though? Uh, we had started to. We had, we had done like some rough sketches of it, um, but hadn't completed it because we, we needed to see the scene and where it fell into it. Like, right. Um, and honestly, in the cut, I'm like, it, it would have been it wouldn't have been featured for sure. It would have right. been like definitely a background right. thing. So, ah. um, but that was a bummer because <laughs> I was really excited about it early, huh? <laughs> and then, just, yeah, uh, didn't happen. Um, but other than that, in the mansion, I can't think of other stuff. So then we're in uh, Dr. D's office, which you said was at the same place you shot the grotto scene. Yeah. I think there's maybe some Easter eggs, but I noticed like bongos. And I, I thought of maybe that's a, a Joel Miller reference perhaps. Yep. I'm just going to say yes to every reference okay. you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Dan, for the next um, movie, just bring Dave and I in. We'll, we'll give you extra Easter yeah, eggs. I will. <laughs> or we'll justify uh, why yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like some things in there that I don't know that came across like. Um, there was like a, 
at the location it was like this little bar area and we're like oh let's try we should try to make that look like a little like recording area where like maybe demento does like some of his like recording but i don't i don't think that really came through it's kind of in the background i think i picked up on that yeah there's yeah, yeah there's like a microphone and and uh that's where the bongos are and some headphones and stuff no it's cool and the wood paneling was there. Or did you guys have to add that? I was there, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. It's something I definitely <laughs> would have done. That's why I love that location. That location is so great. Uh, it was such a great spot. So after the Dr. Demento meeting, we see Al and Madonna having dinner. Was this a real restaurant that you shot in? So this was a restaurant. It used to be kind of a, a working real restaurant. And now it's just used for film shoots. Um, it's funny cause it, that the same restaurant is featured prominently in licorice pizza. Hmm. Uh, in fact, some of the, the some of the, uh, augmentation they did to that location, uh, we kept cause, um, we really couldn't afford to change it back. Um, <laughs> but it worked really well for us. I think it was the, I want to say it's the Van Nuys golf course. It's like their, um, restaurant, but it looked, you know, it was kind of the perfect period for us. It was a perfect perfect vibe um yeah it, it it was a it was a great spot i thought i thought it served uh what we were trying to do there pretty well yeah it, it definitely reads like fancy but a little bit outdated decor which is something i kind of associate with la that i've seen yeah yeah sure um yeah i remember we had to uh we had to create a rubber version of our uh phone for that <laughs> so that daniel could beat the hell out of it um oh, yeah. yeah well in this scene where we see him talking to tony you can really see that uh ceramic tiger you were talking about uh in the yeah. office yeah <laughs> i love that i love i do too it was, it was super fun it was like one of those things i was just like i bet this guy would have that and it was awesome that, that al kind of confirmed that he goes he had a weird thing about tigers <laughs> um, oh that's so, so yeah that was that's very cool uh but yeah it's funny i saw the um that phone that we had made uh recently because we had a prop house make it and um i think they're actually i think they're thinking of auctioning it off soon because uh as you know uh things are a little slow here in hollywood ah. and uh <laughs> Um, oh. <laughs> a lot of the small prop houses are kind of selling off stuff to try to stay afloat. Um, and uh, so I went by that place the other day and they, were, they showed it to me and I forgot how thrashed it got. It's like <laughs> the rubber one is like the, all the paints coming off. I'm like, Daniel, Daniel really got into that scene. <laughs> well, that would be awesome if they do auction it. I know Dave and I will be bidding for sure. <laughs> that is wild. But uh, yeah, that was also the other thing that was so strange about that shoot was we randomly had Josh Groban there as the waiter, <laughs> which I feel like you can't even really tell. Like you have to kind of know it's him. I feel like to even track that it's him. But uh, it was a it's a fun weird cameo. You know, I I'm not really that big on popular music, but I I recognized him. So I would assume people did recognize him. Right. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> I know, I I know. Even he was like, "What am I doing here? What? Like, I'm just the waiter." <laughs> oh, it's so great. 
<laughs> yeah, the first time that I watched it with my parents, my dad immediately picked up, hey, that's Josh Groban. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <on> screen. <laughs> that's great. So then after that, we go to the backstage meeting where Al shows up drunk at the big stadium show. What can you tell us about this location? Uh, it, That was a great location, actually. It was a great find. It was... um. It's this old theater in Pasadena um, and randomly like under underground there, they had this like just huge space and it kind of, we were like, oh, I can buy, I buy this as a, as a stadium. Um, oh, I thought it was it, the stadium. I, it, it's perfect. No. Wow. It, it's a, it's a very small, uh, not very small, but it's a small, smaller theater. Um, and, uh, but randomly the the backstage of it like uh looks legit so that's incredible uh, it, yeah it worked out really well very excited that's what i think that's where i put the first uh our first um number 27 <laughs> in for a, like a, a section in the background yep section 27 and i love that yeah. when, he, when he walks away there is the continuity of when he's walking away to go drive it says section 28 so yeah <laughs> you yeah. had to make both of those signs Yes, exactly. <laughs> I guess when I watched it, I just, I saw this. It looks so much like what I've seen backstage at stadiums that I was like, they just went to a stadium and they're like, well, let's film in section 27 because it's weird. Yeah. Like it's oh, so no. perfect. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. The other thing that we got to do for that scene, um, we actually did for a couple, couple scenes is I found a photo. I'm sure from one of Bermuda's old photos. Um, he was really great about sending me. I was like, can you send me anything you have from when you all performed during that time? Um, so he sh sent me a bunch of shots. And I think in his first book of photos, um, there's a pic of one of their road cases with um, the logo. I think it's like a, I think it was an accordion. Yeah. Um, and so we yep. recreated that and then spray painted those on all our road cases. Uh as well just so they could um <laughs> they would they would look legit yeah it's that was another thing that i know we wanted to ask you about is that road case because that is exactly what they looked like from what i've seen in photos <laughs> yeah right. we tried to we tried to get as close as possible i i <laughs> that stuff's so much fun and it's like it was it was designed so well back then anyway i was like oh this is so great like yeah. <laughs> we, we, we don't need to change this we just need to uh do it again oh, so cool yeah i wonder where those cases are the funniest thing about this conversation with y'all is i'm like what happened to that stuff <laughs> <laughs> we're wondering that too <laughs> yeah we're making room in our uh, closets and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if you, if you hear of any more uh being any more stuff being auctioned off at uh or being sold through at the prop houses let us know because uh, we'll find a home for it easily. oh i i will it'll happen Awesome. For sure. Awesome. <laughs> and depending on how long the strike goes on, there could be many more. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So then, uh, of course, Dan gets in his car and is driving and listening to himself on the radio. Yep. Is that a real car? Or is it like a, a movie car? It was a real car. Um, I think we did that on green screen, though. Okay. Um at that okay. uh at that college location um and then i don't know if they shot the footage or if we just found that footage like um you know stock footage sometimes mm -hmm. they do that right um 
And so he gets in the accident and then he, you know, is being wheeled into the hospital. Yeah, the hospital was also uh, a part of that defunct college. Unbelievably, they had like two different hospitals to choose from. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and it was kind of it was just like it was great. It was the right time period. I I, li- I didn't have to do a whole a whole bunch. Just kind of bring in, um, you know, with our set deck and prop crews, the um, the appropriate uh, hospital stuff that you would have at that you know, in those years. So, um, and then we were all, I, maybe we weren't all, but I was definitely freaked out to have Lin-Manuel there. <laughs> <'Cause I> was, <laughs> I'm a big fan. And I, I yeah. it was just the c- coolest thing. I was like, this is amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the machines and stuff, that's just like prop rental. You just yeah. find those. That's so cool. Yeah. There's actually, um, there's a great prop house here in LA, uh, called alpha and they, they have a lot of stuff now, but it, they started by having just kind of medical stuff. But it's great because you could be like, I'm doing a medical thing from 1965. And they're like, great. Here's the stuff. But they, they have stuff from like all different ages. And it's it's pretty amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> all right. I think the next scene is uh, Weird Al at the concert. And uh, is this a real stadium? It's not a real stadium. Did, did you all oh, think wow. it was? Because <laughs> that's actually... Um, I guess our, our visual effects people did a pretty great job then if that fooled people. Cause that is, uh, that is that Pasadena theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay. uh, that was a, that was like one of those sets where, um, again, I was like, Oh, I wish I had more money to do cooler stuff. Um, cause I, li- I watched a lot of footage, concert footage of, um, Al doing Amish paradise. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, like at the red rocks, uh concert he had like a big choir up there and stuff but as far as set pieces they didn't really have anything and i wanted to like have something kind of interesting on the stage other than just um the band so i i recreated the um the barn raising piece from <laughs> yes. from the video i thankfully did not make it out of steel and almost crush him uh, <laughs> as they had in the video right <laughs> but um but yeah, I just I thought there would be at least something for fans. The Amish scene was later on. The scene I was talking about was was the surgeon with the the surgeon bed. On, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Was that the exact same bed that he's laying in earlier? No. Okay. No, we actually <laughs> we had to. That was actually kind of a tricky thing, and um, uh, it was our, up to our PA, uh, Sam, who we bought a hospital bed. Um, I think on Craigslist and then we had to, we had to like rebuild a whole like undercarriage so it could roll around, you know, really easily. Um, so we, we built this whole thing cause we also had to have it, have it propped up at a certain angle. Um, and it became kind of a big deal. It was, but it was funny cause we would test it in this parking lot, uh, of this prop house we were working out of. And, uh, it was just really funny. I'm sure people driving by were like, what is going on there? It's like two guys were like, you know, furiously like rolling around this hospital bed in a parking lot <laughs> with, with, with someone, some kid writhing on top. Because <laughs> then we'd send that footage to to Al and Eric and be like, like this? They're like, no, it needs to spin faster. You're like, oh, God. Okay. Um, so... Oh, that's great. Um, 
Yeah, and then it, it's funny, in the actual, when we shot it, we actually, it didn't really move that much. It was like, oh, could have been a, a lot less uh, you know, R&D on that one. Right. When it comes to the stuff like uh, the actual instruments that Al's band is playing, are those just real instruments or are they prop instruments? No, those are those are all real. Um, uh, there's a, a, Those are kind of sourced all over the place between me and um, our prop master, JM. He... Uh, there's a, a prop house um, called History for Hire that um, all they have is kind of period props and they um, are really into instruments and they were so helpful to us. So we would we went there early on. That was like, the well, I think the first place we went and um, told them the time period and get, kind of gave them our research. And they if they didn't have what we wanted, they would kind of help help source it for us. Oh, and then nice. it was it was wild. Eventually, we got so much stuff from them that we had this like big um, presentation for uh, for Eric there, where we laid out kind of all the props for the movie. And he came by, and the prop house like bought us all dinner, and um, he kind of Eric could kind of go through and be like, "Oh, I love this. Like, let's make this different." And um, <laughs> so uh, they ended up being a, a super valuable resource. That's so cool. I guess I never considered that, you know, a director would get to see all the props all at once. Yeah, it's um, especially for like a, a period piece like this. It's it's just really helpful. You know, I mean, other uh, on on normal jobs, you'll have like they'll set like prop meetings, you know, and things um, which we did also. But um, this was like kind of the first kind of uh, opportunity to kind of show Eric a bunch of stuff just so he could really we could really get his input on um on what he was thinking and to make sure we we're you know we we're all going in the right direction so when you get signed on to the job are you handed like a list of locations and props or is it sort of on you to go through and I- identify yeah i go through uh and and do my own breakdown of the script um i'll break down the locations what they are how many there are and i'll usually highlight uh specific um notes about um you know, set decoration or hero things like graphics or, you know, it's like, or opportunities, you know, it's like, oh, we could do a, you know, a tapestry of Al here and stuff like that. Um, and then I'll also like kind of <laughs> highlight um, specific props as well, just because I kind of, I like overseeing that mm-hmm. area just to make sure uh, it all meshes with the, right. the overall look. Yeah. And I know you've said it a few times, and I I understand what it means. But what what do you mean by hero prop or hero imaging? Oh yes, sorry. Um, so a hero prop is um like a very featured prop. Okay. Um, you know it's it's one that um, it's usually mentioned in the script, and it's um, you know like the the accordion obviously is a hero prop because um, there's Got so it. many scenes with it. Um. And a lot of times with um, stuff that is superhero, uh, the prop master will get multiples of that just in case, like, um, like the, like Al's glasses is a great example. Like, um, you know, you have to get multiples of those a, cause they're going to get hurt in different stunts and things like that. But also like, it's not uncommon for like the actor to forget they had him and bring him home and then forget to bring him the next day. Right, and, right. you know, you don't want to oh, hold right, up yeah. production for something like that. So they have a very organized system. Um, prop masters do where they 
they keep a, a cart on their truck with all the hero props. Um, and so they can kind of pull them when they need them. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of weird terminology in the film and television. And I I often forget. <laughs> and that's funny when I, I talk to like people that aren't in the industry. They're like, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> now, obviously, there's some dancers in the Like a Surgeon bit uh, with cone bras. Is that something sourced by you know your departments or is that more of a, a wardrobe thing yeah wardrobe uh wardrobe handled the, co- the cone bras <laughs> those aren't props those are <laughs> yeah That's they great. did a great they did a great job so funny <laughs> oh yeah I'm trying to think if there were any other weird props from that yeah i mean the only other thing that sort of stands out might also be a wardrobe thing but the uh, jacket from the eat it music video or michael jackson's beat it music video that red jacket oh yeah um that was funny i think i actually forgot about that scene um yeah that was i think that was also sourced um from wardrobe even yep. though that's one of those weird things that that could have been a prop but... right because nobody wears it yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah the gray area there yeah so is the scene where Al and Madonna are, you know, swamped by press and they're getting to their limo, is that at that same venue? It is. Yeah. It was like a side entrance to the, to there. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, cool. It's amazing. It's funny because one side of that venue, we did that running to like the red carpety kind of zone. And then the other side of that building we used as the, um, the Miami police station. Oh, <laughs> it was very funny. It was very so funny cool. and very fortuitous. Like when we were looking, when after we had scouted that place um, to use as our stage um, for our concert scenes, I walked outside and it came out a different way. And I was like, this totally could be a police station in Miami. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And that, of course, that was another thing where I was like, oh, I want to add like a bunch of palm trees and do a bunch of stuff to it. But financially, it wasn't something we could do. But uh, I remember being like, can we can we get a car here? Because it's kind of just like a sidewalk. It wouldn't normally have cars there. Uh-huh. Um, we kind of just used it for that. But um, I thought it ended up working really well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we come next to the infamous diner scene and just a couple weeks ago when i was in los angeles i happened to be meeting with someone in burbank and i knew this was right down the street so i actually visited frank's diner and peeped in the windows and what a cool little place that is oh it's so awesome yeah it's it's once again like one of those great locations that like they just haven't changed much so it looks like it did kind of in the 50s and 60s so yeah, we did some um some light decorating and I think brought in some uh props, brought in some special props that uh could be used to, you know, like napkin holders you could made out of rubber <laughs> that you could throw at people. Um, and then one of the first things I I did was um try to find the jukebox because I knew that we really wouldn't be able to afford to use like a prop houses um actual jukebox because obviously it would get probably fairly damaged right <laughs> um and unbelievably oh, yeah. there was a um i found that there was an auction there was this like massive uh jukebox auction going on and so um <laughs> it, it, i knew it also like jukeboxes are strange and that like sometimes the window isn't that big or sometimes it's curved 
Um, so I had to find one with the big flat front that I knew we could, re- <laughs> the special effects guys could replace with the breakaway glass right. and we could, you know, do it a couple yeah. different ways. Um, so we found, I found this one at the auction that I'm sure people were like, why is this guy bidding on this? Because it had been in a fire. Um, <laughs> so it was totally thrashed. Um, but I looked at it, I was like, I bet we could clean that up. Um, so we did, we got it for like a super great price. Um, and then, um, once again, our poor PA Sam kind of, um, took it apart and cleaned it up and rebuilt it, got all the, um, got all the fire damage out. (laughs) Um, and then our effects guys, you know, would replace it with, uh, the breakaway glass. Um, I think we only did it. We only ended up doing a couple takes cause we had like no time that day. Um, but, um, but I think it worked out. It was it was fun. It was it was great to see that in the movie and be like, yeah, we pulled that off. For yeah, <laughs> not very much money. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> that yeah, that I mean that scene is so amazing. And I remember in this reading the script and being like, I hope that we'll be able to do that because like you know that's like a pretty big time movie gag to have such a big fight scene like that i'm like how are right. we how are we gonna pull that off but um but we did yeah the uh the stunt the stunt coordinator and his team did such a great job but i know that's one of those scenes we, we easily could have shot like another day doing that right you know oh yeah yeah in the first time i saw the movie i thought that guy was actually keanu reeves because <laughs> he looks so much like him oh yeah he does <laughs> Right, that's funny. And a little insider uh, information here. And there. Oh, we need to stop the interview right there. But don't fret. Next episode, we will conclude our marathon interview with Dan. We cannot wait for you to hear the epic conclusion of this pretty stinking majestic interview. For more information, as well as clips of Dan's work, check out his website over at danbuttsdesign.com. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, be beautiful, it's also artificial. Hey, Dave! I use the new AI feature on TripAdvisor.com to plan a seven-day trip to Darwin, Minnesota. Oh boy, I cannot wait to hear all about it. How about you help me read it so I don't have to just tell you everything while you give me vague responses? Yep. Uh-huh. Well, on day one, the AI recommends visiting Lucky Kitchen Asian Restaurant, followed by Main Street Antiques, Main Street Sports Bar, and finally... Crow River Winery. Wow, you cannot get any more exciting than that. Day two, the AI suggests visiting the Dassel Area Historical Society and Ergot Museum? Neat! What's an Ergot? I don't know, it didn't say. Finishing off day two is a visit to Jimmy's Pizza, Westwood Cafe, and O'Neill's, which is a bars and clubs. And day three of seven, first up, Swan's Cafe. It's a restaurant. Then off to Honky Bar and Grill. And finally, the creme de la creme, Minnesota Twine Ball. And get this, on days four, five, six, and seven, it is completely blank. I can't tell if the AI needs work or if that's literally all there is to do. Haven't you been listening to these Discover Darwin ads all these years? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next AI-sanctioned expedition. 
Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal level Patreon supporters, Javier, Zeb, Matt, Kenneth, Allison, Ajax, Blair, Kev, Ron, Scotto, Gus and Alicia, Zach, Dana B, UH Jeff, Adriana, Jake, and also thanks to Summer Woods and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our February-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name read on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise ugh, pitiful, meaningless existence. Now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you'll be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant that they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise shop over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds go directly towards supporting this very fine podcast. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at 2000inch.com or weirdalpodcast.com. And while you are there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour. And click on Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, X, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, if you don't subscribe, you will be arrested for selling counterfeit unicorn blood on the black market and not spaying and neutering your pet in Poppycock Borngorf at the Chicken Pot Rage Room and Crocodile Salon with a crossbow. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula, as seen in the 2023 Ringo Award-winning graphic novel The Illustrated Al, The Songs of Weird Al Yankovic. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our guest, Dan Butts, for joining us this episode. Thank you to Javier Valdez, Kenneth Gwinnett, Mike Minnick, Jared Marker, Colin Mockery, Brad Sherwood, Nick and Sarah, and the rest of the crew over at Multimorphic, UH Jeff, my sister Rebecca, and her friend Paul. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to the Emmy-nominated Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our February-friendly podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. Hey Dave, it was really nice to see you and Jackie the other week when I was in town. Yep, uh-huh. I'm so glad you guys could come out and see Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood's improv show at the State Theater. Yep, 
Uh-huh. So, did you and Jackie have a nice time? Yep. Uh-huh. Dave? Yep. Uh-huh. Are you playing pinball again? Yep. Uh-huh. Can you just stop for a minute? I actually have something really important to tell you. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. Now, I'm sure you saw Jim Kimo West's recent photos on social media posing with a tarantula, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sorry to say, but that tarantula... <sighs> He's actually replacing you as co-host of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yep, uh-huh. Oh, you knew about this already? Yep, uh-huh. And you're totally okay with it? Yep, uh-huh. Oh, wonderful! I thought this was going to be an awkward conversation, but luckily you're acting completely normal. Yep, uh-huh. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 206-inch. Yep, uh uh-huh. Get a weird thing about tigers.